Our focus has been through this year, who is this man, Jesus? He reveals himself to us, and in the Gospels we get a beautiful look at him as he came into human form and showed his wisdom, showed his power, gave his life up for us. The whole message of our future is wrapped up in the person of Jesus and what he's come to do. He's our example to follow. So in this path today, as we embark on 21 days of fasting and prayer, Jesus is a man of prayer. That's who he is. This is fascinating to me and encouraging in that if Jesus prayed, it's a great example that I need to. Sometimes we can go on our way thinking things are just going to kind of take care of themselves. There are times we need to slow down we need to quiet ourselves and we need to talk to God. Jesus did. He's the example for us to follow. We find that in Luke chapter 15 or Luke chapter five and verse 15. But now even more, the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. Here's the picture of a lot of things going on. Miracles are happening. It got people's attention. His teachings are profound. Now they're like, we got to go find this guy and crowds are coming. That puts pressure on you. Jesus came in human form. He's getting pressure. And he's able to handle it, no doubt, but he handles it also by getting away. The next verse, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. That grabs my attention today. He was doing miracles and was attracting crowds. And he knew that that kind of spiritual energy, that kind of emotional energy, physical energy, he would be drained. He found times to get away to desolate places and pray. It says it clearly in that he had to get to a quiet place. We have a lot of noise going on around us all the time. It would be helpful for us to get this picture that we need to get to a quiet place. Turn off the noise, turn off the news, turn off the social media. Get to a place where we can quiet ourselves and not be distracted by the noise of the world and pray. Jesus set the example for us. The days we're living in are quite motivating toward prayer. The challenges we face seem completely overwhelming. We've had more this week that are crushing. For one, the fires that are still not in control and they're not far from us. We have people closely connected that have had to evacuate that live up in that part of our community east of here. The pressures, the homes that have already been destroyed, not far from us and many other parts of our state. These things are really difficult to manage and we feel this right close to home where we live. The COVID experiences, the challenges of having different opinions, the division that exists in the world today on just about any topic. It's a pressure that's very difficult to navigate. Afghanistan, when this tragedy occurred in our news and we find 13 of our precious soldiers lost their life protecting others, it's so challenging and so difficult. And to see the youthfulness, several that were 20 years old, 22, 23, they were all so young. One of them from Roseville right here, young lady, last picture of her in her uniform in Afghanistan holding a little baby 
and she captioned it to say, I love my job. And then she was one of them taken from us. These things are crushing. And then we have political conversations on top of this tragic loss of life. We haven't often even talked about the dozens of Afghanistan citizens that lost their life in the same suicide bombing. Innocent, precious people. These things are heavy. They are challenging. We're still concerned about those a part of our country in Afghanistan, workers who helped us and our military while we were there to keep them safe and to get them out of the country. And there's still valiant efforts going on. And so now the conversation about who's to blame. Somehow we have always the need to find somebody to blame for anything that goes wrong. What is that about us? There's something in us that's not healthy. It would be better for us when all these things that are out of control are going on that we get to a desolate place and pray. We get to a quiet place. We get out of the noise and we ask God for intervention. We ask him for help. We ask him to bring peace to this land and to people that are in harm's way. The Christians yet remaining in Afghanistan that are concerned about the inhumanity of the Taliban and others that are in that part of the world that have a history of doing harm. These things are our pressures pressures that we face. I find myself going through the week like a roller coaster at times. I find the pressures trying to figure out how to lead. There are different opinions on every topic. How do I lead so that I don't push somebody away that doesn't think this one way is right, keep others close, get us all going together? There's division in the house, division in the church. When people decide that they can't follow certain ideas because they don't agree with that idea and it doesn't have anything to do with God. It's just a political opinion. Politics have replaced spirituality and people haven't been able to sort that out. Now we're walking these things out. I find myself going through pressures and feeling the almost defeat of some of these efforts that are going on of division and I have to get back to God and get to that quiet place. And I do that continuously through the week to when I get to Sunday, I have my spirit free. I don't come here all anxious and heavy hearted. I've already worked that out before I get here. But you know what? It's not easy. It's daily having to take these burdens to God and say, God, help me. I need to know what you want me to do. What do you want me to say on Sunday? How do I cause our family to stay united? Because we're not. I already know that. I've already heard from too many that have opinions on all sides of the issues of the day. How do we stay focused? Well, let's talk about Jesus. That's where we find our place. That's where we find our way. Let's stay united in him. Are those who don't agree with me my enemy? Are those who don't agree with you your enemy? Why, why do we look at the world like that? We have to be able to work through our different opinions and, and love one another and embrace one another and not push one another away. God has a different way of walking these things out than the way we typically do it. To live as Jesus among the broken is our mission. This week, I had some help with some of our team to revisit our mission statement and we re configured the words for our mission, who we're about. I want to share that with you today. This is it, to live as Jesus among the broken. This is our mission. 
through word and deed, telling people about Jesus and teaching them to follow him. This is our mission, to live as Jesus among the broken. That's what he came to do. He came to set the captive free. He came for the broken. He came to proclaim the year of the Lord in his favor. Jesus calls us to live as him among the broken. We're all broken. I'm broken. You're broken. We're not talking about all those wrecked up people out there. We're talking about us right here. We're, walk, we're sitting among the broken today. How can we live as Jesus among the broken and say, God, we want your grace to come. Then we tell people about him through word and deed, telling people about Jesus and teaching them to follow him through word and deed. That's what Jesus did through his words and through his deeds. He showed what love was like. He's showing us how to do the same. We tell people about Jesus, how amazing he is, and we also show them by how we embrace them. How are we doing at that? Living as Jesus among the broken, showing them through word and deed, telling them through word and deed what Jesus is like. Sometimes I look at the church in general, the evangelical world that we live in in America, and I think, dear God, have we strayed so far from living as you among the broken through word and deed. We've got all kinds of protests. We protest this thing. We protest that thing. We got churches going, hey, let's meet at the protest. Like, really? To live as Jesus among the broken through word and deed. Let's go protest all those people we don't agree with and show them how wrong they are. That sounds like Jesus, not to me. Where do we get that? We get that through a Western American ideology that has nothing to do with what is in this book, nothing to do with the person of Jesus, who when the pressure's on, got to a desolate place and prayed. When are we gonna do that? We wanna go to the crowd and shout. And Jesus wants us to get to the desolate place and get quiet and pray and talk to him and say, God, show us what to do. Jesus, how do we live like you among broken people? How through our words do we tell people how awesome you are and through our deeds? I just saw deeds on the screen. 5,000 pounds of groceries being given out to broken people, hurting people. And I think, now that's a display of what we're talking about right here. Showing people who Jesus is. As we move into this fall season, we're designating the first 21 days of September as days to pray. We need to quiet ourselves and pray. We need to figure out how to deal with all the crazy things going on, all the division, all the things we don't agree with, and figure out what are we supposed to do about it. Pray. Pray. Let's get quiet and pray. Or get into a quiet place and then get loud and pray. We need to let our voice be heard by God. Fasting. You, you can choose how to fast. Maybe you take one day a week to fast meals and pray. Maybe you figure out a three-day stretch. Maybe it's just one meal a day. Maybe it's fasting something else that's got your attention, like social media. You know your phone will tell you how many hours you've been on it every week. Scary when that pops up. It tells us what we could spend some different time on. There's things we can give up in order to pray and seek God for what he has for us to do. Have you ever felt like your prayers didn't matter? 
Have you ever wondered if God even heard you at all? Maybe you've prayed and prayed and nothing seems to be happening. Maybe you've gotten discouraged or maybe you're brand new to prayer and so trying to figure out what it is and what do you do. Prayer might not feel comfortable to you yet and you might not be certain it even does any good. I'm here to tell you it does. Do you have any idea how important your prayers are? I hope before we're done today, you'll have a better sense of it. Your prayers are so important that God promises in scripture that he will answer them. Jeremiah 29, 11, this is God speaking to us. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. That's good news. To give you a future and a hope. When you believe that about him, that he has a good plan for you, for your welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. There's a promise from God. When you understand his heart for you, it's very attractive. When I know God wants to help me, I know others want to help me, I'm like, well, let's talk. How can we work this out? When I know God has a good plan for me and I see all kinds of mess going on and I'm distracted and I'm all in turmoil, I'm trying to figure it out, it's time for me to remember what he said. He has a good plan for me. I'm gonna go and talk to him. He has a good plan for us at Capitol, for our church family. We're gonna figure this out. We're gonna get through the season that we're in. We're gonna see greater things, not lesser things. He has plans for our welfare, not for our evil to prosper us, to have us be in good health and to see awesome things happen. Then, when I believe that, I will talk to him. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. There's a promise. So I'm feeling stirred up. I'm feeling an urgency to talk to God because he said if I seek him with all my heart that he's gonna hear me. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. He's not running away. He's not hiding. When we seek after him, he's waiting for us. He's going to display his wisdom, his glory, and his power to us. When we talk to him, he's going to show us things that might even change our mind about the things we're thinking about because his wisdom is above ours. He knows what's best for us in every situation. We're going to seek him with all of our heart. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you, he said and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. That's what I want. I want to know what I don't know, that he knows. He can download to us his wisdom. We need to be asking him what he wants us to know. We're trying to figure out what to do in this pandemic. Have we been praying? Say, God, show me. What do we do about this? Is this vaccine good or not? God, show me. Maybe this is a gift from God. Maybe he's saying, I'm giving this to you and you're not listening to me. Is that possible? I'm just wondering. If we pray and ask God, he'll show us things we don't know. There's people that think they know all kinds of things. Are we praying about it? Asking God to show us, give us peace, give us wisdom. What do we do? He has a plan to show us through the season that we're in. It's time to pray and ask him. Your prayers are so important that God says his house, his temple, the place where we gather, his church building shall be called a house of prayer. Matthew 21, verse 13. The religious people were all goofed up. They weren't doing the right thing. 
Jesus chastised them for that and then said, this place, this is to be a house of prayer. I love that. This is what this place is for. You know, we have people that come, a handful of people every day during the week at 6 a.m., 6 to 7 in the chapel and pray. They've been doing that for years. This is a house of prayer. Wednesday night, we're here to pray from 7 to 8. It's a house of prayer. We pray today. When we were having worship, it was precious. It was powerful. There was a sense of God's spirit. We pray when we're here. This is a house of prayer. According to Daniel 10 and 11, your prayers are so important that they shake heaven and earth. Your prayers move angels and displace demons. Daniel was told not to pray, and he did anyway. And God moved on his behalf, and he moved about evil out of the way and brought glory into the environment of Daniel's existence in life. That's what happens when we pray. God is moving demon spirits there. There's an all-on attack. The devil is throwing the kitchen sink at us right now. Everything you can think of. One thing after another. We thought we were done. There's more. What in the world? What we just been through this week? What's next week? I don't even, I don't even want to think about it because it just seems like there's something else coming our way. The enemy is stirred up, trying to do crazy things. You know what? I'm getting stirred up too. It's time to get stirred up to seek after God because he will move demon powers out of the way and he will dispatch ministering angels. And we're going to see some breakthroughs happen when we seek God with all of our heart. We need to stop protesting. We need to stop debating. We need to stop going to the latest social media expert, so to speak, who has all the right ideas. We need to ask God who knows the things we don't know, and he'll show us how to stay in unity. He'll show us how to get through this day. He'll show us how to reach the world, how to touch people, how to live as Jesus among the broken. Through word and deed, tell them who Jesus is and show them how to follow him. God keeps our prayers in heaven. Think about this. He stores them up and they rise before him as incense continually. Revelation chapter five and verse eight, showing some things that are yet to come, but it's a picture of what's happening in heaven even now. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, before Jesus, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. They have golden bowls in heaven containing the prayers of the saints. That's a picture that got my attention. We see it again in chapter 8 in Revelation in verse 3. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Our prayers are being kept in golden bowls before the lamb in heaven. And they're offered up by the angels around the throne as incense. It's a beautiful aroma to God. He's listening to our prayers. They last. Sometimes we pray and we go, where did my prayer go? Just dissipate into the ether of the atmosphere? We wonder, is it just evaporation when we pray? Where's it go? Who are we talking to? I can't see him. I don't know. I don't know how this all works. 
I don't know how it all works, but I know it does. I know he says to pray, and when I pray to him that he hears, when I pray, he accumulates my prayers. Sometimes we think, hey, nothing's happening. Yeah, well, it's not over yet. Our prayers are being accumulated. Wait till there's a right tipping point, and now God takes that, and all of that incense gets dumped out of that golden bowl, and it reaches down to earth, and something begins to happen because we didn't quit. We didn't quit, so what are we going to do? In this scene, an angel in heaven is offering the prayers of the saints upon the altar before the throne of God as an offering to God. You know why this is so powerful? Because God hears your prayers the first time you pray them. He hears and answers. The answers might not come right away, but he answers. It's coming. It's on the way. When it doesn't happen the way we want, it's not over. He's going to take every sorrow we have, every burden we have, every prayer we thought was unanswered, and he's going to show us that he's able to turn it into victory just different than the way we wanted, the way we imagined it. So what do we do? Are we going to pray or not? If we're not going to pray, this is what our bowl looks like. Empty. There's nothing there for the angels to offer up to God for him to work on. But if we're going to pray... We start filling up our bowl. Our prayers, they're already accumulating in here. Now we're going to pray again. We just add them to it. So I'm praying, God, touch the people in Afghanistan today. Give them peace. Somehow protect the precious souls that are there in harm's way. So I'm going to pray, God, give wisdom to our leaders. I don't know what the answers are. I'm not here to blame anybody. I'm here to say, God, give our military leaders wisdom right now. Give our president wisdom now. We've had 20 years of being present in Afghanistan and we're trying to figure out who's responsible for it and who to blame. So what's the point of that? Why don't we pray for our president and say, God, give him unbelievable wisdom and give him people around him that will have wisdom too. Why can't we come together? Why do we have to divide? Division is the devil's work. Unity is God's work. Why don't we pray for that? Whether we agree with the politician in place or not. Why don't we pray for our governor? We've got a recall election. Boy, we're all fired up about it. What are we doing to be fired up in prayer? God, be with our governor. He's been called names every which way to Sunday. Now, God, I'm just praying that you give him wisdom too. Touch his heart with the understanding that he's precious to you. Somehow may there be a change that happens in his universe and in his world. Put people in his path that can make a difference. I'm gonna add that prayer. Pray for my family. God, touch my family. We're under attack. Touch my wife with healing. We're tired of headaches and we're believing for breakthroughs. There's a lot of prayers that are already there. The next one might tip it over and the incense comes out of the bowl down to earth and the answer comes. I'm praying for my grandson that's under anxiety attack that it stops in Jesus' name because it's not right and God has a plan and those prayers are gonna be offered up to him. What's your prayer? I'm praying for COVID to end. I'm praying for the madness of vaccines, not vaccines. Come on. Why can't we come together and figure out how to unify around a Plan that God, why don't we pray and ask him for wisdom about it? We want to just barf out our next idea of what we think is so smart about what we think. Why don't we ask God who knows more than we know? I'm going to put my prayer into that bowl and say, God, show me. I'm praying for souls. 
People that don't know Jesus yet, Jesus, help us to be you among the broken. Help me by word and deed to show people what you look like, that they might want to know you too. That's what I'm going to pray for. I'm praying for our church to get filled up again. I know we've got challenges. I know we haven't had everybody come back yet. I don't even know where some of the people went. That's not my problem. God, you care about every one of them. I'm praying you to touch their heart and bring them home. Bring home your people and fill this house up with people that have yet to know that this is their home. I know what I'm praying for. I'm going to fill this bowl up until it's overflowing with prayers. I thought about bringing a lighter and lighting it so the incense would waft up another visual. But then I had this picture of the illustration gone wrong and the smoke alarms and the sprinklers setting up. We could even bring the rain. We could have the all-time leading illustration. We could go viral. But I felt God speak to me not to do that. <laughs> so I'm holding back. What are we praying about? Revelation 8, verse 5. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth. And there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. That's what happens when the incense of our prayers reach their tipping point. The angels around the throne of the Lamb, he says, all right, set it forth now. Let it go back to where those prayers came from. And let's have some change. I think it's time for us to pray. 21 days of prayer and fasting, believing God for breakthroughs. It's the only answer. It's the only way I can find peace. I can't find peace any day of the week until I come back to God. I just get so consumed with all kinds of crazy that I need to know that I can come back to safety when I come back to God and pray to Jesus. I need to get quiet and then talk to him about what he wants to do. Your prayers are being stored in golden bowls in heaven. Your prayers transcend time and space. Your prayers are ascending into the face of God as sweet incense. When you feel like you didn't break through, your prayers matter. They're accumulating. Keep going. When it's hard to pray, your prayers matter. When you feel inadequate and inept at prayer, your prayers matter. Fill your bowl up. Don't do this. You don't pray, you're not going to get anything. Except there may be some people praying, filling up a different bowl on your behalf. My mom's been praying 63 years of prayers. Her bowl must be huge because she's still praying for me. I'm thankful for that, but I'm going to pray mine too. Let's add another bowl. Add your bowl. God's going to do great things on your behalf, so keep praying. Pray for the fires to cease. Pray for people affected to recover. Pray for those affected by today's storm in the Gulf. Pray for our military. Pray for Afghanistan. Pray for provisions. Pray for power. Pray for the leadership of our state. God knows where we're going and what's best. He's going to show us what to do through prayer. Time for communion. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we trust you in this moment for your holy wisdom. We need you to show us things we don't know that you do. Give us your wisdom today. Give us inspiration to talk to you more, to realize how powerful you are. We trust you for that today. In Jesus' name.
you need his grace to cover you, just believe him for that. Jesus, we're praying for forgiveness. Cover our sins with your almighty supernatural grace. We receive that forgiveness from your hand as we recognize our failings, our sins. Cover us and wash us today. We come to you and we want to follow you in every way to learn of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.